Hello and welcome to The Side Hustle, where we check in on our personal hustles and offer a preview of next week's interview with the cinematographer of the show's Riverdale and The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina on Netflix. Also, the most recent Child's Play remake as well, Brendan Ugama. It's an amazing interview. Before we do that, let me bring in the guy that's always by my side, my own personal wide-angle lens, Michael Lutheran. How you doing, Michael? <laughs> Hello, my own personal close-up, Daniel Tuttle. How are you? <laughs> Clo- Extreme close-up! Extreme close-up! Good, buddy. How are you doing? Hey, man, I'm good. It's Monday. It's International Podcast Day, so happy Podcast Day to you. Happy Podcast Day to you, sir. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's going great. I just uh, came back from driving to Santa Clarita this morning. Uh, Karen booked a uh, background gig up there for a show, so had to drive oh, her awesome. on set. And now uh, here recording a podcast, so the week is starting off great. How about you, sir? <laughs> <laughs> starting off productive. Starting off uh, productive. I uh, took my kid to school this morning and went to the grocery store. Uh, I'm making a whole lot of breakfast burritos to freeze for my wife's upcoming uh, maternity to leave uh, and stuff like that. <laughs> I'm just imagining. Uh, I'm just imagining her like Daniel. Give me a burrito. And- <laughs> give me a burrito, stat. Well, it's got to thaw first. Uh, I don't know if we've like formally announced this, but I'm having another kid. Um, I don't know. I think this has like slightly been mentioned on the podcast, but it hasn't been like formally yeah. announced. So no, we, we have another we've talked kid about coming it once or twice. Uh, yeah, in a few months uh, here in the end of the October, October twenty second is the big date. Uh, so child number two is coming, and then uh, after we're done with the podcast, I'm gonna be making those foods, and then at one o'clock, I have an appointment at a place called the Black Tux uh, to uh, get all measured up and ready and buy the tux for. Mr. Lutheran's wedding. Which is two days after the birth of Tuttle number two. <laughs> yes. <laughs> There's a whole lot of stuff going on around the, that week. It's yeah. going to uh, be a little busy. Um, I, I was know, wondering you mentioned, if- Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was wondering if listeners were just thinking like, is he wearing a tux for the birth of his child? <laughs> yes. Yes. I'm also wearing a tux right now. As we record this podcast, it tucks every day, man. Tucks every day. Tucks all. Tucks all day, baby. Yeah. Tucks all. Du- tucks on. Tucks on. Tucks. Uh, real quick, Michael. Before we kind of kind of get deep into it, uh, you did mention it's International Podcast Day, and I know uh, on our social medias, I know this is going to be posted a week after the fact, but uh, you posted a lot about some of your favorite podcasts and some people that have been on our show that have podcasts. Yeah. Um, I thought maybe right now. What would is there is there one podcast that you listen to um, that you would really uh, su- I mean highly suggest people take a listen to? Oh, absolutely. So it is no joke that uh, I have talked about this podcast many times before, and we were very blessed to have the the hosts of that show on as guests on our show. Uh, but the Inside Acting Podcast is an incredible show, especially for all of our actors out there. If you want to really hear the journey of two actors living in Los Angeles for many years and the lessons that they gained uh, from their time running the podcast, go check it out. It is on iTunes. It's on every podcast platform. It is the podcast that literally changed my life and and I know many others. Uh, they're currently not releasing new episodes, but they have over 300 episodes. I think it was, I want to say like 306 or so. Um, 
So there is so much content for you to go check out, listen, and learn. Uh, they inspired me. Like I still go back to that podcast um, and listen to the en- interviews there. So definitely recommend that. How about you, Daniel? Is there one that is whenever someone says podcast, this one comes to your head? Oh, I mean, there's plenty that come to my head. But the one I wanted to pitch uh, out was a newer podcast that uh, just it finished its uh, season one right before the summer. Um, and I believe it's coming back for season two here uh, pretty soon here in the fall. Um, but it's called Working Class Hollywood. Um, it's uh, hosted by a guy who is a uh, AD slash uh, assistant cameraman. Uh, he does a lot of behind the scenes stuff on uh, some uh, unscripted shows. Um, but he has a, he interviews some really awesome people like the head of Marvel Television. Um, he's interviewed some uh, other producers. Uh, a lot of people really just in the business side of yeah. the of the of the world. Uh, he also interviewed like the showrunner for uh, uh, Vanderpump Rules, which is a Bravo reality show and kind of talked about the the ins and outs of filming reality, um, which is one of the shows he works on. Um, it's just really sh- they're really great interviews, really about an hour long. Um, and this really delve into the the minutia of Hollywood and what these people do and how they perceive their jobs. And uh, like I said, he finished season one. Uh, I think he's starting season two here in the future. I've actually uh, back uh, had some back and forth conversation with him uh, about possibly coming on our show and chatting. But uh, yeah, he's I highly suggest it. Working class Hollywood. And then I'm going to throw a bonus uh, podcast that both me and Michael both listen to. Yeah, uh, please do. Called the Rewatchables. Uh, <laughs> it is a show by the production company The Ringer, which uh, does a variant amount of podcasts and articles uh, dealing with sports and entertainment and pop culture. And The Rewatchables is pretty much they watch movies they consider rewatchable movies that they rewatch over and over again. They have everything broken down in categories from like most rewatchable scene, best quote, uh, uh, thing that's improved or things that's aged the best or things that have aged the worst in the film. An award um, for very honest. Yeah. An award for like the top overacting uh, award. Yeah. Top overacting or the, uh, that guy award uh, for an episode uh, where it's somebody that you don't know their name, but you're always like, wow, it's that guy. Uh, so th- it's a really great podcast. It's really funny. They uh, have a really great back and forth. The, there's usually one person that's always on there. And sometimes the co-hosts kind of alternate out. A little bit, uh, but I highly suggest it's called The Rewatchables. Michael and I both really enjoy the show. Michael actually got me into the show after their episode on True Romance. Uh, but I highly suggest that they just did some episodes with Gone Girl, uh, Bloodsport, and uh, a few other films. So I highly suggest that as well. Yeah, and also just want to share some love for some of the other podcasters who have been on our show. Uh, other than Inside Acting, there's also the Red Rhino podcast by Megan Fitzmartin. Mm. There's Boss Please Absolutely. by Jillian Leff and Megan LaMontagne. Upcoming uh, guest is uh, hashtag We Need to Talk with Melinda Hale. Uh, Daniel, am I? Yeah. Uh, what other podcasts am I missing that we've interviewed? I would also give a shout out to Michael Tucker, who uh, has his YouTube channel Lessons from the Screenplay. He has a podcast called Beyond the Screenplay, um, which I think they just either moved to like YouTube or they just started in a YouTube version of the show, uh, or they film themselves now when they record the podcast, something like that. But it's called Beyond the Screenplay. Uh, he has a really great interview in one. I think it's like the second episode with the writers of the film Searching, uh, starring John Cho. Uh, it's a really great interview. It's a very different formatted film. It all takes place pretty much on like computer screens and through a computer and texting. 
Um, and so hearing how they formatted that screenplay and put it together is really fascinating. So definitely check out Michael Tucker's uh, YouTube channel, Lessons from the Screenplay, and his uh, podcast, Beyond the Screenplay. And then also speaking of other Michaels, last week you guys got to hear from Mike Tobias, uh, who is one of the co-hosts from the Story Matters podcast. Also, he Also our very first guest ever here on our show, Kurt Mega, hosts that show. So Story Matters podcast is also a great one for you guys to listen to. It's kind of sounding like everybody has a podcast. <laughs> everybody does. Well, so Daniel, I want to ask you a question. Like, do you want to start a podcast? Do you want to start another podcast? Oh gosh, no. Um, but podcast on podcast. So it's International Podcast Day. There are now over seven hundred thousand podcasts out there. I've attended in the past couple of weeks like two virtual podcasting events where podcasters all get together. But why do you think people love podcasts? What do you love about podcasts? Uh, I think, I mean, there's, there's twofold. I think you, it depends kind of what you're looking for. Sometimes I look for just entertainment, um, just to be entertained with either, uh, a topic that I, I love or appreciate like film or television. I think the rewatchables does that. Uh, they just kind of talk about film and talk about what they love about certain films and, um, they're funny, it's entertaining, but, uh, you know, it also like, it makes you want to go back and watch those films. Uh, after they talk about it. So stuff like that where you can connect with people. I think it deals definitely deals with connection. Uh, connecting with people and uh, um, connecting with whether they're trying to entertain or trying to educate or advise or inspire. Uh, you connect with them. And so therefore you want to grow with, with them or through them uh, as well. And so I think it's all about connection in the long run. How about you? Uh, I'm going to kind of piggyback off of what you said, but I'm going to highlight it maybe in a different perspective. I think what is so special about podcasts, you know, beyond radio, radio, you only get in normally a car. Very rarely are you trying to tune into the radio on your phone, but podcasts can always be with you. Uh, you can download them, but it's, there's something very intimate about storytelling, whether it's true crime, whether it's a, a podcast like ours, which is more informative about a specific subject, it's the listener and the host. And it's a very intimate relationship that we all, that we create uh, with our audience. And I think it's because we don't want to be alone. We're all interested in very specific subjects and podcasts kind of give us a sense of community uh, that mm -hmm. it, to kind of say, it's not weird for you to like this subject because we're big fans of it too. And there are podcasts about everything these days, mm -hmm. you know, like there at any niche topic that you're interested in, there's probably a podcast for that. And if there's not, you should create one about that subject because I'm, I bet you there are other people that like that subject as well. But I think it's, it kind of fills in the gap where maybe radio and even television or film might be missing out on is that it's a very intimate experience of listening to a story mm -hmm. and allowing someone's well, imag imagination to take off and to just also know that they're not alone. I think also to kind of go with that, it's also the idea of inspiring through creativity, um, whether meaning to inspire or not. Um, obviously our, our podcast is focused on motivating and inspiring people. Um, but I think like show, uh, you know, shows like Megan Fitzmartin's, uh, the Red Rhino podcast, uh, which is a narrative drama, an audio drama um, where you listen and I think hope that you're inspired to create something such as she has created. There's a uh, there's another podcast that I found recently called Honey Roast, which is people come on and roast things they love. But by roasting, I mean, they compliment things they love. <laughs> um, nice. And so it's kind of like the reverse roast. 
Um, and so it's, it's only had a few episodes. Uh, it's very short, like 30 minute episodes, but, uh, it's stuff like that where sometimes you want to, you want to escape kind of like you said, you want to escape, you want to connect with people and you want to find that community, but also you want to just get away from some of the negativity in the world and just listen to some people having fun talking about that, what they love and maybe what you love. Absolutely. And I think I I know at in school we definitely hear this example all the time, but storytelling all started around a campfire. Centuries mm-hmm. and thousands of years ago, our ancestors were sitting around a fire telling the stories of the hunt or you know something that they were doing that day and just describing in a story format of what they did. And I right. I feel like podcast is a very fun way of picking up that tradition, and now it's giving everyone the chance to experience whatever kind of story that they want to listen to. It's the new radio. Yeah, it's the it's it's on demand radio. It's on the demand and, radio, <laughs> and and so it's just that that you know that they say like things repeat and come back like a boomerang every so often, and just like audio dramas were a big thing in the twenties and the thirties on radio, now they're coming back on you know podcasts. Yeah. And so it always it just it always comes back. It always boomerangs. Yep. But uh, happy International Podcaster Day and everybody out there that are hosting, creating, putting together, uh, running one, two, three, four thousand podcasts that have their own network of podcasts. Uh, obviously, we understand the work you've put in. Uh, we understand the hustle it takes to put this together and make this re- happen every week or every other week. Uh, Michael and I definitely have a, a hands on understanding of that. So. Uh, for all of you people, we uh, we salute you and uh, definitely keep up that podcast hustle because there's people out there that need it. Yes. Hashtag podcast hustle, everyone. And we would also love to know from you guys, our listeners, what podcast you love listening to besides ours, obviously. Um, you know, even though this will be posted tomorrow, the day after International Podcast Day, tweet us or uh, send us a message on Instagram. We'd love to know what podcast you listen to. Um, this is going to be posted a week after podcast day oh yeah duh that's right i forget <laughs> I like, we have a we have an interview coming out tomorrow <laughs> i hope that's right yes we do yes we do oh my gosh michael is there something you need to tell me <laughs> no no nothing i need to tell you nothing i need to tell you last week at the time of this recording, the show Emergence came out. And why I'm talking about this is because we just interviewed the lead actress, Allison Tolman, from that show. Uh, Daniel, you got a chance to check out the premiere episode. How was it? It was great. Uh, first of all, it has uh, like three of some of my favorite actors in it. Allison Tolman, uh, Clancy Brown. Uh, if you don't know Clancy Brown by name, uh, he is the uh, head, uh, head guard in Shawshank Redemption. Um, he was in uh, Lost as the guy uh, in the Hatch, spoiler alert, uh, before Desmond that Desmond meets in the flashbacks when he gets in the Hatch. Uh, he, he has a very distinct voice. Whenever you hear him, you know who he is. Uh, his name's Clancy <laughs> Brown, and he's a fantastic actor. And also has Donald Faison as well as, uh, I think, Allison's ex-husband, I, if, I'm getting, if I remember the relationship correct. Um, but uh, it's a great show. Uh, definitely sets up a lot of stuff and sets up a really great mystery. Uh, really well shot. Like there's some amazing shots in it. Uh, the acting is great. The little girl who the mystery kind of surrounds is fantastic. Uh, definitely is that like sci-fi show. Uh, but also I think a family drama as well. And so 
Uh, I highly suggest you check it out. It was really great. And uh, congrats to Allison and the creators of the show and Donald and Clancy and all the actors in it. It's uh, I can't wait to see where it goes. Yeah, it was so cool, like over the past couple of weeks, just seeing Allison on all of these late night shows with like uh, Jimmy mm-hmm. Kimmel and, you know, sharing some of the stories and some of her stories kind of not to say mirrored what she said on the podcast, but rather filled in the spaces a little bit. Yeah, so, absolutely. Uh, definitely with the one with Jimmy Kimmel, if you guys just YouTube Allison Tolman Kimmel show, her interview, if you listen to our episode, episode 89, uh, you'll actually hear some of the in-betweens of the answers that she gave mm-hmm. on our podcast. Uh, I can't wait. To, nice. I can't wait to watch the show. All the social media posts I've read about it are super positive. Everyone's just like, "Oh my gosh, what's happening?" Like, I don't know the answers. I need to know. So uh, I'm excited to check it I, out. I think there was an article that came out that was like, "Is this a sci-fi show on ABC that can actually last just uh, as long as Lost?" It's <laughs> 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 like, yeah. yes, it can. I yeah. think it can. Uh, so, Michael, what have you been up to, man? What's been going on this last week or two? Yeah, so I wrapped up on my commercial acting class. Uh, I've been taking classes at a studio called Hey, I Saw Your Commercial with Coach Mike Pointer. Really what a great name. It's such a great name, but he's also just such a positive and supportive person. He offers like a free class for anyone who's interested. Go to his website, heyisawyourcommercial.com, uh, and just see like when the next time you can audit a class would be. Uh, but he really covers the industry in a very in-depth business way while also throwing in a lot of exercises of real-life commercial scenarios that you'll experience as an actor. And it was such a good class for me because it's been a while since I last had a commercial audition. But since taking his class, I've actually gone in for a couple and it was, you know, it's, it's kind of like, like truth talk of like what exercises he's doing in class was exactly what I experienced in my auditions. Uh, so it was oh, wow. such a great refresher course for someone like me who's been here in LA for a while, needed a different perspective on how to approach these types of auditions. If you're brand new to Los Angeles he, this is a great class to take as well because he he really goes from like a beginner's to a more advanced level of how to approach the business from like communicating with casting directors and agents, just very in-depth. Uh, he does have like oh. a master class after, because uh, I completed both levels one and two. There are like other classes that I could take, but I'm getting married this month. Uh, so I kind of like gave myself the rule of like, yeah, I should probably just focus on the wedding had a fantastic time and I'm excited to go back in for like more just drop in classes there. But also speaking of classes, the past couple of weeks, uh, I experienced a lot of anxiety. I think it's a lot of it has to do with the job uh, hunt that I've been on. I'm, yeah. cur- I'm currently unemployed. And Daniel, I know you spoke um, very truthfully and honestly about this experience when you were going through it. So it's just been really, really hard. The past couple of weeks, especially as the wedding's been getting closer and, you know, just certain expenses that we had committed to before I had before I lost my job are now coming up. And me and Karen have just had some of those like kind of tough conversations of like, you know, we're, we're going to make things work, but it's it's just hard right now. And so I was taking uh, two other classes with uh, Beth Ryan. And I messaged Beth and just kind of explained to her like, hey, I'm really not able to focus as much as I want to be focusing on these classes right now. And I just need to take a step back and just Mm -hmm. focus on the wedding 
and trying to get a job, any job that I can right now. And she completely understood. She sent very positive words to me, just letting me know that she's there whenever I want to go in for a class. That was hard. And just like navigating the anxiety has just been uh, a bit rough for me these past couple of weeks. It's, 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 uh, it's something that happens a lot. Uh, I totally understand. Um, I mean, I have a job right now, but the hours aren't consistent. And so mm-hmm. my anxiety is still really high because uh, I was talking with someone the other day and I feel so unfocused because on all my other stuff, because I feel I have to put like 75% of my focus on making sure I have enough shifts during the week Yeah, to supplement us financially. Um, and so I feel so scattered because I do not have a consistent schedule because of that, because week to week, I don't know exactly what my schedule is going to be per se, because I may have to switch some things around or, you know, and so I feel like I can't schedule interviews, um, in a, uh, in a, in a timely manner, mm-hmm. um, other than, Hey, two days from today, I'm off. Uh, I just got off. Can you get to, <laughs> can you meet with us and interview? So, and I hate doing that. I don't want to put people in that position. Um, and so it's really it, it, that, that anxiety is going to c- come in and out a lot. Um, I would say right now for you, uh, my advice, if I could give you any mm-hmm. is, focus on the joy of your wedding coming up. And uh, I know that money is a very big picture in the like 90% of the frame of a wedding and what's happening, especially with not having a job, but try to just enjoy the time coming up as best as possible. Um, Find those moments to have those panic attacks and then breathe and just know it's going to be okay something's going to happen. You're going to find something, but don't let this time right now ruin one of the best times and one of the most memorable times that you're going to have. And including your rehearsal dinner and your wedding. Don't let that ruin it. Like I know again, money sucks, but just find those times to breathe, meditate and focus on the joy that's coming up at the end of the month Mm -hmm. and say, you know what, after that, I'm going to reset and get back to work. You know what I mean? Yes. Wow. Thank you for that. I no, I needed course. to hear that. Because <laughs> um, yeah, it's I I am someone who like I am a worrier. I mm-hmm. and that's kind of where some what of, what I know like that's where some <laughs> of my anxiety tends to go in is like I'll start to extrapolate on scenarios that aren't even happening yet, mm-hmm. and you know this like I kind of, I'd been feeling this pressure of like staying in class. Uh, because I had said mm-hmm. yes to it. But then once I just kind of spoke to Beth about it and like just told her from an honest place of like, this is where I'm coming from. I was so afraid of like any type of backlash, but she was completely mm-hmm. understanding. And, and, and that's another thing about you, though. Yeah. And if nobody, I mean, people that know you, I know, know this. Uh, you're a nurturer. Mm-hmm. Like you like to be there for people. And you like to support people as best as you can. And I think with certain people that are, you're close to, like probably me, uh, obviously AK, uh, uh, when you feel like you can't support them as you've promised or as you have been, you get really upset at yourself. Oh, yes, for it. definitely. And and I'm here to tell you, you, let yourself off the hook. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> like, 
getting let go from your job was not your fault. It's mm-hmm. not something that you did. You were not bad at your job. You were not lazy. Mm-hmm. It's just a part of life. And I'm sure AK understands that you're doing everything you can. Oh, yes. Uh, yeah. To 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 find a job, to make bring money in. You're going to bookings or auditioning. You've put yourself out there for jobs, temp gigs, all that stuff. Uh, you know, obviously Beth understood. I understand when you have things come up that you can't make or help, you know, pick up Nolan. I totally understand, you know, so let yourself off the hook a little bit. It's okay. You're going to be fine. It's not your fault. You're doing everything you can. And I think that's also an important thing to remind yourself, mm-hmm. like you're doing all you can. When Angie tells me that and reminds me that it's, it takes a little bit of that weight off my shoulders. Cause she will say that she's like, I know you're doing everything you can. I literally and just shook my shoulders when you said that of like, oh, <laughs> feel like a weight yeah. just lifted off. It, 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 when you hear somebody else tell you that and, and have that outside perspective of like, it's going to be okay. You're doing what you need to do. It's just, it, it makes you feel because I doubt I'm like, am I doing what everything I need to do? Yeah. Am I doing the best I can to make sure that I'm bringing money in? And then when she says that it brings me back and I'm like, I am. I'm doing everything I possibly can. I can't control people that don't pick me for an interview or don't pick me for a job. Mm-hmm. I can't control that. Yeah. And Angie knows that I'm trying. She knows my resume. She knows I have the experience. And she's just as frustrated for me, which I'm saying I'm sure is the same with AK. Just as frustrated for you when these things don't work out. Yeah. No, she's been an amazing, amazing support through this whole process and stuff. It's and it's just been, you know, I've, especially over the past couple of days, been like really working on like pulling myself up out of that hole that I dug mm-hmm. for myself a little bit. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for that. That really yeah. helps. Of um, course. No, it, of course. In a more positive light. Um, <laughs> uh, last week. You, you, you purchased an LA Metro bike pass. <laughs> I did. I did. Well, so there's been a lot of conversation, a lot of focus on the environment. What can we do to help uh, with the effects of climate change and everything? And the LA Metro system, while not perfect, has been actually making some really positive steps. And one of the things, if you don't live in LA, one of the things that they've been doing is introducing uh shareable uh, bikes uh, throughout the city. Yeah, they just uh, moved those out to Culver City. I've seen those a lot recently. Yeah, they're on the west side, downtown LA, and here in North Hollywood. They just rolled out that program. Hopefully, it's going to be citywide soon. Um, But it's obviously to compete against companies like Bird or uh, Lime. But they look really cool. And one of the... uh, I found them on the LA Metro website. And if you use the code MOREMETROBIKES altogether uh, as one word... I was able to get for a, a 30 day pass for three dollars. Um, oh wow! Yeah. So and that's all rides for 30 minutes are free. So. Oh wow, that's awesome. Yes, but if I think that only goes that offer only extends to a certain date. Um, but mm. even after without using that code, it's five dollars for a day, seventeen dollars uh, for a month, or a hundred and fifty dollars for a whole year bike pass and so if you're wanting to lessen your carbon footprint um even if it's just 
you know, taking the bike to the grocery store or to any of your local appointments or anything like that, consider maybe taking a shareable bike uh, provided by your city or in, here in L.A. by L.A. Metro. Um, I'm pretty excited. I'm going to try and do that this afternoon. Uh, I'm running sound for a film shoot uh, for a couple hours this afternoon, and then I've got Kung Fu later. So I'm going to try and just take a, a bike around the city to get around because it's in my neck of the nice. woods. Very nice, man. Yeah. That's awesome. Thanks. How about you, man? What's going cool. on in your world? Uh, man, I've uh, had some job interviews. Speaking of the job hunt. Uh, <laughs> yes. Uh, I just got the rejection letter from one of them yesterday. Uh, Heck yeah, rejection letter. Monday. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. And it wasn't even from them. It was from like the Indeed website. I was like, they've moved on. Like They didn't pick you. Okay, cool. Thanks, Indeed. Thanks for letting me know. Well, um, at least there's a comfort in that you got to know as opposed to just like no, no. not hearing Oh my back. God. It's always so much better when they at least get back to you and be like, hey, sorry, you know, we, you were great, but we just can't. It's not going to work out. Um, I had an interview on Friday that I kind of had to force my hand a little bit on only because uh, at the time I was scheduled to work today. Um, and so she was doing her in-person interviews today. And so I would, on Thursday, we had our phone interview. And, and this is kind of a lesson. Be be a little assertive sometimes if it makes sense. And I just told her, I was like, look, hey, uh, I would love to come in for an interview. Um, if you think you, you'll want me to come in, is there any way to do it Friday? Because I don't think I'll be able to make it in at all next week. And I'd rather come in and then miss the chance and be disqualified because I can't make it in. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was very nice and accommodated me and uh, moved her schedule around and gave me some time on Friday uh, to come in an interview. And she's doing the rest of her interviews today. So uh, so I'm hoping, fingers crossed, it would be a really cool job. Uh, I don't want to go too much into it until it happens. But uh, I know she really liked me, a lot of the stuff I had to say. So hopefully that goes well. Dude, congrats. And, uh, yeah, thanks, man. And then we had the table read, which uh, uh, I talked about a little bit. Uh, we It was a great table read. Uh, with Michael and some other really fantastic actors from me at mine and uh, Mike's uh, Mike Tobias's new script, uh, some really great stuff. And we're starting to talk about how to expand it, how to grow it. I think we're going to expand it from a short film to a feature length film, which means right now it's about 60 pages. We're going to expand it to at least 90 pages. Um, and so working on that again, trying to focus on stuff like that um, and just trying to do more podcast stuff. I'm really trying to get back focused on building the podcast, preparing ourselves for the end of season three, uh, going into season four and where we can go from here. So uh, super excited about that. So not a lot going on in that sense. And then just prepping for the new baby. Nice. Well, uh, let's give a shout out to the actors who are part of the reading. Uh, ben, yes. Uh, ben Whitehair, David Gore, and uh, Allison Minnick. You guys were yes. incredible. Um, you guys rocked it. I mean, like, I, I, I can't imagine, I don't think I've been a part of a table read that was as good. Like they were giving their honest performances and it was like, oh my God, it feels like you guys could just start shooting this tomorrow. Oh no. I was like, well, I think we've somewhat cast this. I think that this is, <laughs> uh, this will save us some time in the pre-production period. Uh, yeah. hired. <laughs> All of you. Congrats. Yeah. Uh, we've, we're even adding, going to add a narrator that just says cut to, oh, uh, Thank Interior. you so much. Michael, you're, you're in. You're yes. in, buddy. <laughs> I finally booked it. Finally booked it. You finally booked it. <laughs> Michael, where are you going? <laughs> I've got to I prepare. Your door cl- I just hear you, your voice distance as you run out the door screaming. Uh... Um, but no, that was great. It was fantastic. I was so grateful. They came on their own time. 
uh, own dime and own time to do this. And uh, I'm nothing but grateful for that. And I definitely owe them anything. If they ever need anything, I'm here. So, Dude, and that is awesome. And also just wanted to go backtrack a little bit to your interview. I, I think there's something for listeners to gain from that as far as uh, kind of putting your own foot forward and making a request if something mm-hmm. doesn't work out for you. Because I think it kind of showed that employer that, you're going to take the initiative and that you're trying to be and I really responsible want the job. and you re- really want the job and you're trying to be accommodating for mm-hmm. them as well. But also it works out for you because you got ahead of the pack. Like yep. you're probably the only person that they interviewed last week. And now she's, nope, go- I was, and now was she's going through in person. Yeah. Yeah. Now she's going through like an onslaught of other candidates and mm-hmm. you know, she'll clearly remember you from last week. So well, good you on know, you. They say, they say statistically, I heard this a lot from auditions in high school. Uh, statistically, people remember the first person they see and the last person they see mm-hmm. more than anyone in between. Um, so they say, like, usually you want to be first or last in most like situations of competitions or auditions. Yep. Uh, because you're you're probably remembered most. Awesome. So speaking of that, we do have an episode coming out next week. I'm super excited. We're super excited to introduce you to Brandon Ugama. Uh, Brandon, uh, you know, they say in this, this business, it's not what you know, it's who you know. Uh, we had a, 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 a actress, Nicole Lair, a, a few months ago on the podcast. And uh, through her, we were introduced to Brendan. Uh, Brendan is the cinematographer for Riverdale, The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina on Netflix, Riverdale on CW. He also recently worked on the uh, new Child's Play film, the new remake of the Child's Play film. Which is so Andre good. Plaza. It is so good. It's, yeah, Michael saw it. He really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's recently shot the pilot for the new Katie Keene uh, Riverdale spinoff that's going to be on CW. He has worked on a ton of shows, and he was such an amazing guest, had so many great things to talk about. He was our first, like, just a cinematographer to talk about working in that field, and uh, it was such a great interview. Michael, I know you got a preview of it. What you got, buddy? Yeah, let's roll it. Hello, League of Hustle. As Daniel was just saying, next week you'll be meeting with cinematographer Brendan Ugama. Born in Canada, Brendan's passion for picture making happened when he saw the movie Star Wars as a child. Like many of our past guests, Star Wars showed him how expansive the world of cinema was, and he wanted to be right there behind the camera lens to see it all. But first, what is a cinematographer? At the core of it is really telling the story with images and it's being in control of the image and being responsible for the image and all that goes in front of it. It's really like the color, the contrast, exposure, the framing, the composition, that kind of thing. But on top of that, it's telling the story visually, you know, and it's making sure that you're working with a director to make sure you get the right shots and make sure that you're getting everything you need and you're doing it in a way that can be expressive to that story, hopefully new and just something that doesn't pull you out of the script, but just translates it and makes it better. And I always, one of the things I remember when I was in cinematography school was my teacher saying, you should be able to watch a movie without sound on and really know what it's all about. And it's true. If you want someone to feel like, yes, you can put on a, a movie without sound and, and you know that they're going through certain things based on where they are in the movie, but you want to make sure that their feelings are being translated as well. If they're, if they're sad or if they're angry or whatever. So, and that, those are all subtleties that you can work with the director and with the cameras and the lighting and that sort of thing to make sure it's translated. I feel like the, the, the cinematographer gives the feel of the movie or the TV show that by just the visual feeling like the tones and 
the the like you said kind of like the moments that aren't spoken can be told completely through just how the image and the picture is done yeah uh, th- those those more like even those emotional moments where no one's speaking but that right camera angle that right pan or that right zoom in or things like that can easily just bring that emotion in yeah to someone that plus the editor yeah sure oh that they absolutely those beats and Especially tying like when the music hits and and certain points, things like that as well. Yeah. So uh, just you just brought up editing. Like what is your relationship like with the editor and the director? Like uh, what what is that relationship like? Are you working with the editor on set as well or? No, no, no. I I work with the director. You know, sometimes I'll talk with the editors ahead of time, uh, especially on series because you kind of get a, you know, you do so many episodes, you get, you know, a second hand with them and you bring things up and you start to learn what everyone's about and how it's going to go. But um, generally that's kind of more the director's thing is working with the editors, of course. Mm-hmm. But I talk with the editor, with the director a lot about, you know, pacing, like how, how is this going to be paced out? Are you going to hold these beats and trying to understand how they want to edit the film really helps me understand how to photograph it as well mm-hmm. and what certain shots we need or don't need. Sure. You know, I often find, especially on TV shows that like you get so much extra stuff that you don't need and they don't make it into the show and, and their point, not, I shouldn't say they're pointless, but they're just, there's so many extra stuff that takes a lot of time out of your day. That's already tight. So I always try to streamline it and make sure, do we need this? Is this going to tell the story? Is it going to progress it? Yes. A cinematographer or director of photography is so much more than just a camera guy. They are just as equally important in the story-making process and are the ones responsible for pulling the viewer into the story. Now, when it comes to crafting that image, Daniel asks Brendan about how the element of style plays into his work. As you've gone through this process, of, you know, starting with corporate videos and moving on to short films, obviously going into TV uh, network series and things like that, have you, do you feel you have found your style? You know, every cinematographer kind of has their style. You can always be like, oh, this was this person's work or this was this person's work. Do you feel you have found your style yet? Or are you still working on that? Or do you think you want to have a style? I don't think I have a style that I can pinpoint. Maybe some people could if they watched enough uh, <laughs> more than me. But I, you know, I mean, like there are certain guys that you can tell, like, you know, I could tell a Robert Richardson film who shoots stuff for like Scorsese and Tarantino. And, you know, he's famous for his pools of hot overexposed light. But for the most part, I think cinematographers, like what I try to do is tell a story and light it based on what the script is kind of dictating. You know, the script will tell me how I think the show should look and conversations with the director and how do we want the audience to feel and that sort of thing. And it's just like, I try to make every show different and I try to make every show have its own feel and I don't think that I have a specific style because I think if you have a style what it really means is you're kind of defaulting to the same thing all the time and it's keep using the same tricks yeah and it's good to have those when you're in a pinch you know and you have have like five minutes to get the scene you know the clock's running out on the day sun's going down you need to get your shots and you need to light it and you know what you think works well what you think looks good to your eye where you could put one light or whatever it is, you know, that mm-hmm. kind of idea. It's good to have those tricks in the back of your pocket. And that only comes from obviously doing it enough and, and seeing what you like and what you respond to. But I still try to make every scene have its own thing and every story have its own thing. 
Ensuring that style fits the substance is so important, and we spend a lot more time with Brendan talking about how we came to work on CW's Riverdale and Netflix's The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. But since this is the month of October, and I know you and all of League of Hustle are watching horror movies this time of year, what can be more perfect than talking about one of the biggest franchises in horror cinematic history, the killer doll, Chucky? This past summer, Orion Pictures released the remake of Child's Play, and Brendan served as that film's cinematographer. Now, in the full interview, you'll get to hear next week when we cover Brendan's preparation for taking on this project, and what it was like meeting Luke Skywalker himself, Mark Hamill, who portrayed the Buddy doll. But right now, I'm going to let you hear about Brendan's experience meeting Chucky on set for the first time, and what it was like shooting a scene with him. Do you remember seeing the, your first day on set with Chucky? How did you feel like when you finally got to see him, the prop or the character? I think the first day on set, I mean, I'd seen him so many times throughout the process because we'd go into the, the master effects, the guys who build it, we would look at the progression of him and we would kind of like pick out what we, what was working or what wasn't, you know, Lars was doing that and we would kind of, I saw it through an evolution over a month sure. probably onto the first day and then when we got there and he was finally standing there on set and look at him it was a great feeling but it was always but there was still that it was like you know it was the same thing we we had to we had a lot of work to do that kind of feeling but there was also not nervousness but just like caution of making sure he was done right and making mm. sure that he was photographed right and, and making sure that it was translated so there was there was that kind of a pressure which was great it's, yeah i think that's a great thing to feel you want to feel that kind of pressure to be kept creative and keep moving and, and that kind of thing but it, it was uh yeah definitely it was cool. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Right on. Now, yeah. obviously, with that, that kind of sh that, that film, obviously, there's some special effects involved and things like that as well. Uh, I'm sure on some of the other shows, uh, especially Chilling Adventures of Supreme and the Teenage Witch, there's definitely some special effects involved. What is your process when you're looking at just a straight conversation between somebody or just a regular scene? And then you're prepped for like, OK, in this scene, we're going to have a computerized robot uh, trying to kill someone or we're going to have you know, a, a car wreck or a magical spell? Like, what is, how does your process different? Well, I guess you have to just make sure that everybody is on board with the idea. You know, everyone knows what it is. But I'll say this, with Child's Play, the majority of the time you see Chucky, it's it's our doll. It's, yeah. You know, we had an animatronic doll that was puppeteered by, you know, four guys at once. Wow. And <laughs> one one person doing his arms, one person doing his head, turning it. One person doing his talking, who would also, his name is Keith, and he would remote control his eyes, like his uh, eyebrow expression. Mm -hmm. The eyes were, all, were done in post, the yeah. glowing eyes, but mm -hmm. everything else. And he would also talk. So okay. he would say all the online. Oh, so he was the onset. He was the voice. onset voice. And he, he was would, the So he could be <laughs> talking and making his mouth match the dialogue. Mm -hmm. So it looked like he was actually saying it. And then, you know, the actors would, would work with him. Um, so yeah, the, the majority of the shots are our our doll the only time that we relied from the start on full cg chucky was when it was a head to toe of him walking mm -hmm. and i think for whatever reason there might have been one or two that made it in that weren't that were full cg where we didn't where we also did it with a doll but for whatever reason it went that way in post um but what we did is we would do every no matter what the shot even if it was one of those head to toe walking we would do it with our practical doll we would have a puppeteer walk him through the set 
so that we could photograph it properly. We knew where the camera moved. Uh, the actors knew where the it height, was. All the height, stuff, all yeah. that kind of thing. All the lighting. The lighting. They would do. They would walk through so they could see the lighting on the doll, and then they would walk through with the silver balls that they could get reflections in the light. And then they would, you know, so we would do it that way first, and then we do a clean pass after without it, so that they had that. So same camera pass and everything, but there's just exactly. nothing there. Yeah, hmm. like there's a shot in in right after Andy gets Chucky, he takes him into his room. And he shows him around his room. He introduces him to the cat. He walks through up to his desk and they look at these drawings. Mm-hmm. We did the shot from across the bed. We just kind of panned with him so we could show the whole room in one shot as he's walking. And he's literally holding Chucky's hand and he kind of hops him up on this little stool at the desk. Um, so we walked through it with the doll. And then we gave Gabriel, the actor who plays Andy, we gave him this hand of Chucky, it was just a stick that was, you know, like, <laughs> and it literally had his hand and, and part of his sleeve, and then it was just that was it. So we'd walk through it with that, and then in post, they could he had something to grip, so that was real, and then they could just add on the rest of the body. Oh, sure. oh, wow. and so it just helped cool. make it, you know, seat more seamless and work well. It was so cool talking about this film with Brendan. The week after we recorded, I went and saw Child's Play at the movie theaters, and I enjoyed it so much. When you hear about how much work it took to put a film like that together, hearing about how much work went into crafting Chucky's performance, you gain a deeper appreciation for it. And when the credits rolled and Brendan's name came up on the screen, I gave a big cheer. All right, League of Hustle, that's that for today's preview, but stick around because we're about to bring back a great Hollywood Hustle tradition. Back to the interview. And that's how you film a movie. Yep, that's that's how you do it. A B C one two three. <laughs> that's <laughs> <laughs> easy as do re me. <laughs> you guys don't need to listen to anything else. Yeah. You've learned it all. You've learned it all here. But what I love about you know, not to brag about our show, but I just really love that we try and bring on just a diverse array of professions uh, to hear from on this show, from even Hollywood resumes a couple weeks ago. Uh, obviously, we've talked with actors and stuff, but a cinematographer. And and we go further in depth of uh, Brendan's process about like his approach into uh, becoming a cinematographer and just the daily life of working in production. Yeah, absolutely. And, and his growth and maturity as a cinematographer and how he how he approaches each thing. We also discuss when he has to take the uh, reins from someone else, because um, some of these shows he didn't start off as the cinematographer. He came in halfway through uh, and started working on the show. And so we also talk about that process, handing you know somebody who has been there and has created the world of a show and is handing it to you to carry on and carry on the consistency, which I thought was really fascinating to hear about as well. Oh yeah, and even like having to deal with multiple directors, right? Because he might be staying Mm -hmm. on the show for multiple episodes, but each episode has a different director who might have their own styles and how he really has to focus on, I'm here to guard the story and what's best for the story. And And the actors, which I thought was fascinating. He he talks about protecting the actors Mm -hmm. as well. And I thought that was really fascinating as to hear. Yeah. It's been it's been a minute since we had a cinematographer. Last one uh that I can think of was season one with leading Lobos, Marcus Friedlander. Yeah. With Marcus Friedlander, but that was more about, you know, building a production company and we didn't get to go into the details of cinematography. And like you said, I think that's what's great about this show is being able to discuss so many sides of the business. And 
you know, a lot of times when I approach people to be on the show, I get a lot of times like, really? <laughs> like, you want me on the show? <laughs> and it's like, because people don't interview cinematographers right, a lot, unless right. it's, you know, a cinematographer podcast or what article or something like that. Yeah. Or and if they're so nominated just, for an Oscar. Yeah, absolutely. So I think it's great to be able to go to somebody and be like, hey, what you do is fascinating. You're a huge part of this process. And I know other people that want to do what you do. Let's talk about it. Because yeah. even though you're moving into a different part of the business, your journey is probably not much different than an actor's or a director's. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. And if you're a writer, director, or actor, you need to listen to this interview because I think it's so important that everyone who works on a set, whether or whether it's theater or anything, like you need to know what everyone else is doing because it informs what mm -hmm. you do. It informs how you interact with those professionals and how mm -hmm. you can help one another. Um, and, it, and it builds your personal respect for what they do. Mm -hmm. um, whether that's what you want to do in the future, it still builds that understanding of how hard those other people work. Because sometimes I think uh, uh, not specifically just actors, but other people kind of live in the bubble of what they do mm -hmm. and don't step out and get to know like how hard the cinematographer works or how hard the director works or how hard the craft person works. Like putting yourself out there and like learning all the as some of the aspects of what they do just gives you a better respect and understanding for everybody's work. Absolutely. And, and specifically for actors, th this is so interesting. It touches on uh, my last class with the commercial class with coach Mike Pointer. But, you know, there's going to be many times when you're on set and, you know, there's a meal break and how important it is to like not sit with just the actors, like go and sit amongst the crew, go sit with next to the producers or the cinematographer, because oftentimes those are the people that are always working on the same projects. Right. So it's important to get Absolutely. get to know the cinematographer because this they they might work on the same project over and over and over. And if you could just kind of start to build a rapport, you just build an understanding. And so when you're you know, going in for another project, you might find out, oh, guess what? That's the same cinematographer from the last shoot that I did two commercials ago or two films ago. So they know my work and they also know who I am. So just very important. It's as, as we all, as we keep learning on this show, it's all about building genuine relationships and respect uh, for what we all contribute. Now, we haven't done this in a while, and I know, Michael, you kind of said you may have something that you kind of want to put out there to inspire others. Uh, so we're going to bring back that hustle support statement uh, where we can just offer a piece of advice or motivation to carry you through the rest of your week on to the next. Uh, so, Michael, what do you got, man? Yeah, so it touches back to what I shared earlier in the episode I do have anxiety. It's I've gone to therapy for it. I've, you know, I've had a therapist. I now have health insurance again, so I'll be going back soon. Huzzah. But I think it's important to accept it. And I recently watched Bill Hader's video that he shared on social media opening up about his own anxiety and how he suffered from it even on Saturday Night Live. And one of the key things that he did to, you know, help him out with that was what he called befriending it. Rather than fighting what you are, rather than resisting what inclinations you might actually have, embrace it, befriend it, understand it. In the words of meditation or mindfulness, note it. If you have that sense, that feeling coming on, acknowledge it and just put it on your shoulder, as it were. Just like invite it to hang out with you for a little bit. And then eventually, you know, 
it'll go away. But it's just so important to acknowledge any type of feelings that you're having and being open about it. If you have a best friend like Daniel Tuttle, uh, you know, definitely be open up, open up to them about it because it will help you get that out. And like what happened to me today, I got some amazing advice uh, that I'm going to take with me to work on it, to befriend my own anxiety and so that I can move on and be more productive and be happy. So befriend it is what I have to say. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. That's that's great advice, Michael. I love that. Uh, I've seen that Bill Hader video floating around. I think the day I saw you repost it and then I saw like four other people repost it that same day also. So um, I, I think it's great that we are living in a time where talking about mental health and uh, our own, uh, I don't, I, not weaknesses, but struggles and obstacles that we have uh, are either daily or uh, uh, regularly are, are we're able to vocal more vocalize more without fear of being called weak or crazy or anything else. I think that's incredibly important to have an open conversation about the struggle we have in mental health. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and so I think it's awesome that that's something you feel comfortable talking about and others are starting to feel comfortable talking about. Awesome. So thank you for the support, Daniel. And thank you guys for supporting us. Absolutely. And if this is your first time listening to us, thank you for checking us out. There are over 90 episodes already available, just waiting to offer amazing stories, advice, and inspiration for your own journey and your hustle. So make sure you check them out, including our most recent interview with actress, screenwriter, and inter uh, interviewer for the website Ms. in the Biz, Sarah J. Egan. Now, speaking of Ms. in the Biz, you might also want to check out one of our older interviews, if you haven't yet, with the founder of Ms. in the Biz, actress, producer Helena Santos on episodes 73 and 74. We discuss Helena's uh, nomadic journey, how she has found success outside of Los Angeles and Canada, and what led to the creation of this female empowerment industry uh, article website, Ms. in the Biz. And make sure to leave us a review if you enjoyed this show. Share the show and subscribe to us on whatever podcast platform you're listening to us on. And you can also visit our home over at anchor.fm. And become a uh, and become a sponsor of the show by supporting the hustle. The, you, all these episodes, over ninety plus episodes, are available to you for free. And by contributing one, two, three dollars, it helps us keep on producing this show. So thank you guys so much. Absolutely. And if you haven't followed us yet, follow us on Twitter at LA Hustlecast or on Instagram. Hollywood Hustle Podcast. You can also find us on Facebook, Hollywood Hustle Podcast. Uh, if you are a podcaster and you're looking to grow in the community, uh, there's a great Facebook group called the Podcast Movement uh, Group. I uh, highly suggest you look that up, join it. Uh, people ask questions, people offer advice. Uh, it's just we've already found some great resources that we're going to try to look into to possibly start using for our show. Uh, I know there was a meetup last week. Uh, where a lot of podcasters met up in Los Angeles and it's all around. People are putting meetups together all over the U.S. and the world. So highly suggest you join that group if you are interested in podcasting or are, are already a podcaster. Yes. And if you want to follow us individually, uh, Daniel can be found on socials at Daniel Tuttle, T-U-T-T-E-L. And I can be found on Absolutely. Twitter and Instagram at Michael Lutheran. And if they want to talk to us, they want to offer some uh, uh, of their own advice or what they're going on in their hustle, Michael, where can they do that at? Yeah, for sure. You guys can do one or two things. You, if you download the Anchor FM app, send us a voice message. We 
can actually include your audio in the episode so that we can respond to it. Or you can email us, hollywoodhustlepodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you, whether you're offering us some hustle support or if you have a question about what you heard on the show or just want to share with us what's going on in your hustle. We'd love to help you guys. So thank you so much. If you can't download the app, you can also do it on their desktop, I believe now. Yeah. Uh, so you can go on the website, anchor.fm, and you'll be uh, just make a, a create a profile and you'll be able to send a message to us. Yeah. Uh, as long as you follow us, you have to follow us first. Yeah. Uh, favorite us uh, on there and then you'll be able to send us a message. Yeah. Uh, but you know what, Michael, this was a fantastic podcast today. Uh, it, I never know where these are going to go. Uh, which is what I love about our side hustles. Sometimes they go crazy. Sometimes they go serious. Uh, sometimes they go somewhere in between. Um, thank you for opening up about uh, not only your struggle with anxiety, but with the job search and kind of that coming together uh, uh, for being open and just honest. Uh, uh, that means a lot to me. And it means a lot, I think, to our listeners that uh, for us to be available and be able to share those things. So thank you so much for opening up about that. Uh, it just, I think that's a great example of not being afraid to talk about what's what what's what we're going through. Absolutely. And 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 going back to what I said earlier about podcasts, podcasts are about building community, finding community and knowing you're not alone. So, thank you Daniel so much for being there for me today. Yeah. Absolutely, of course. And uh folks, if you're out there podcasting and putting in the work, keep up the podcast, keep up the work. Uh if you are struggling and trying to overcome any sort of anxiety or or mental struggles, keep up that that the keep up the work uh keep up talking about it keep up asking for help uh we are here for you other people love you and are here for you as well you are not alone in this uh for everybody else out there just trying to make the dime uh, uh buy food uh go do fun things and just have money in their bank accounts uh we're with you as well keep up the work keep up uh keep up what doing what you love and always remember to Keep, Keep up, up the hustle. The hustle. <laughs> I think Michael fell asleep a little bit there. Yeah, yeah. Do we want to try that one more time? And always remember to keep, keep up, up the, the hustle. hustle. <laughs> Shoot. <laughs> I can't. I can't do it again. <laughs> this, the music fades out. The music fades. <laughs> This episode was brought to you by Team Hustle. Daniel Tuttle is our executive producer and host. Michael Lutheran is our co-host. For more information, please check us out at www.hollywoodhustlepodcast.com. Hollywood Hustle Podcast.